0: Welcome to Nefarious New York. I'm Allison. And I'm Meredith. And we're going to do the conclusion of the Sante Kimes case. Mm. Um, So this is probably the most, I don't want to say interesting. I find it extremely interesting. But this last part, I'm saying. Yes. Is probably, you know, tying everything together and.
1: Well, speaking of tying together, let's summarize. Uh, Go ahead. Where we last left off, Sante, Kenny, The homeless guy and Sean Little are renting, living 16 miles from David. David and his friend Leslie go out to dinner. And David is concerned about Sante, rightfully so. Right. The next night, Kenny and Sean Little go to David's house, somehow gain entry. Kenny shoots him. They move the body to a dumpster at LAX. And Sante and Kenny steal a car in Utah and head to Las Vegas, then to Louisiana, florida then new york what sante did not know was that david had already reported her to the bank for forgery well good for you david and the bank then froze the accounts right right which is what got her into trouble
0: so while on the run after david's murder with the car that she basically stole from utah while they're in florida that this is where they heard about irene silverman and you know that she would be a prime target right well, she thought she would be easy to dupe. Mm-hmm. So now Sante is going by the name Eva. So Eva called Irene to rent an apartment for her boss, she said, her boss, Manny. Then she called Irene's title company twice to make sure that Irene still owned the townhouse. Right. So she wanted to make sure there was no transfer or anything happened before she was able to get going on her scam. Right. So, on June seventeenth, Sante called the title company and ordered a copy of Irene's deed, which she paid cash for on june twenty fourth
1: and I guess you're allowed to do that, yeah, I mean, are I just you allowed got, to do it when yeah. you're when
0: you're living in someone's house, and that's what I just got my mom's deed for twenty bucks online okay, so okay, I guess you can. She also requested forms to transfer property. I did not do that mm. In the middle of June, Sante called Irene, saying that she won something from a casino and that they needed her social security number to claim it. But Irene, you know, for 82, she was not falling for that. Good for her. Then Sante called Irene's accountant, which I have no idea how she even tracked this person down, but she called Irene's accountant with another ruse to try to get Irene's social security number, and that didn't work. I'm assuming you need that for these transfer documents. Uh, Of course, yeah. So had she just been able to get that, she would have just stolen Irene's house right out from under her, and that was that. But that didn't work, so they... Get caught. I mean, it's like... Well, they forged... She's getting sloppy. She's getting sloppy in her her old age here, I guess. She's probably getting cocky. Yeah. After all that she got away with. Right. They ended up having to forge the transfer documents... And then they run into the problem that they couldn't get a notary to notarize them because they're signing Irene's name. And and
1: Irene's not there.
0: Irene's not there. And a good notary should see someone sign before they notarize. But they actually managed to have Sante pretend to be Irene. And then the notary did notarize the documents.
1: But don't you have to show
0: like proof, or proof of identification oh, or social
1: security cards? Uh, I don't know. This is crazy to me. Well, it that's, gets
0: crazier and crazier. So that's July 2nd that she gets the documents notarized finally. And basically, just to make this all and nicely for them, they just have to get rid of Irene because obviously she's going to say that's not my signature. Right. Sante then called a friend and asked him to come to New York. To kind of help her run a bed and breakfast, or some under some pretense of that, right? And the LAPD we know is watching her because they believe she had something to do with David's murder. Yeah, so they're keeping an eye on her for Utah, right? Right. Meanwhile, so she's two days in.
1: away from they're two days away from committing another murder.
0: Right. <laughs> the LAPD does catch on to this person that she's calling, and he becomes an informant. This person leads. The police to Sante and Kenny. Mm-hmm. Okay, at the hotel, that's where they get arrested. Mayor, I, I know we did just summarize, but I feel like it gets a little confusing. All right, so
1: so let's sum it up here for for slow people like me. So Sante and Kenny continue the life of scamming, or A.K.A. grifters. Right. They kill David in California. They steal a car in Utah. They head to Florida, then New York, where they get arrested for the stolen car at this point.
0: That's what we know at this point. So now they're arrested, and that's when we get all the information. Mm -hmm. So that's when we find out exactly what happened. Sante, Kenny, and the informant guy get arrested. I guess they have to arrest him to make it look good, right? While she's being arrested, Sante tries to hand off like a duffel bag to the informant guy saying that it was not hers, that it was his.
1: Oh, my God. It's just like the OJ case where Kardashian, like there's that infamous duffel bag no, that he grabs not in the video. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to watch that again.
0: OK. So when the police search, they obviously see this happening and take the bag. And when they search the bag, it had Irene's I.D. and ten thousand dollars in cash in it. And then they go on and search the car and they found power of attorney forms with Irene's forged signature, social security cards in Irene's name, a Glock 9mm, empty box for a stun gun, twenty-two caliber rounds, plastic handcuffs, syringes, and a liquid sedative. Yeah. They're up to no good. Right. In a gym bag that Sante had left at the hotel... They found a notarized deed with Irene's forged signature, transferring the property to a shell corporation Sante had set up. They also found, and this is, uh, I mean,
1: dumb, duh, duh, dumb.
0: stupid. They also found a notebook where Sante detailed the crime against Irene. They found recordings of Irene's telephone conversations, and they found Irene's journals that detailed her suspicions of Sante and Kenny.
1: So, and this, this, this is in her handwriting sante's
0: handwriting. yes this is all sante's okay. stuff yeah because
1: then she's gonna later deny all these crimes
0: oh absolutely <laughs> Idiot. She's, her defense is ridiculous but when kenny was arrested he um he urinated in his pants
1: well that doesn't he shock peed me. his pants mm-hmm. doesn't mm-hmm. shock me yeah
0: while they were being read their rights they were like when they were in the interrogation room separated, mm-hmm. they were basically like yelling through the walls to each other, like, Mom, what do I do? What do I say? Like he needed her guidance through all of it. And so Sante basically tried to, her first uh, defense, I don't know how this is even a defense, she she kind of threw out there that Irene was running like a brothel. Yeah. But I don't okay. know what that has to do with anything. Um, And she said that the police were trying to frame them. So... Her theory is absurd. And she'll say this in interviews later. Not that it's absurd. She'll say her theory. Her theory is basically that the police got them for the Utah car theft. Mm-hmm. Got them out of their car and then got all this stuff from Irene's murder, and all this evidence it? and planted it Right. because they wanted to solve that crime.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Well, there is a major problem with all of this.
1: Which would be fine, excuse me, if you did not have her admission to the crime in a journal. Right. In her handwriting.
0: Or, you know, video of them basically in the (laughs) house. Right. The major problem though here, and this was the first case in New York where there was no body. First murder charges where there was no body. Right. And still, Irene has not been found. So this was the first time there was a murder charge, no body, conviction. Gotcha. Okay.
1: Well, during the trial, the prosecution, first of all, they were prosecuted together. They were so close that they had to be separated by a lawyer. That's creepy.
0: Yeah, they were always touching each other.
1: So throughout this, there is some undercurrent of... Definitely a lot of undercurrents of some weird mom-son kind of relationship going on. They're they're holding hands, and it's, it, it's a different... It's like a lover. Yeah. The way you would hold a hand of a lover. Yeah. Of a lover. Lover. So in the end, Sante and Kenny were unanimously convicted of murder and 117 other charges in New York. During her sentencing, Sante went on rambling like you said, about being framed, et cetera, et cetera, yada, yada, comparing it to the Salem witch trials. Well, she is a witch, mm-hmm. that's for sure. They were sentenced. So Sante, 120 years, and Kenny, 124
0: years. Right. So that's just for New York. Right. Okay, so now in 2000, during an interview, Kenny held the interviewer hostage with a pen to her neck for about four hours. Oh, and like the forever obedient son, he was demanding that his mother, Sante, not be sent to California for the trial of uh, the murder of David because she could face the death penalty there.
1: Well, and and in actuality, didn't didn't he kill
0: David? Right. She didn't kill David, technically. Well, she didn't kill Irene either, but she just got convicted, so... That's what I
1: don't get. Well, she... I mean, she's an accessory.
0: uh, She's probably the mastermind. You can't manipulate someone into doing something and not be guilty. So she... uh, Anyway, this doesn't work, obviously. The interviewer Uh, gets free, but four hours is a long time. Yeah. Um, In March 2001, Kenny did get sent to California for David's murder trial. Sante went to California in June 2001. So both of them in 2001, the trial doesn't start for a few years. At some point, Sante does represent herself and the judge constantly is like, you should not be representing yourself, but they let her at some points, you know? So Kenny now being faced with the possibility of a death sentence for him. And most importantly for his mother, he ends up testifying against his mother and with the guarantee that Shocker. he won't get the death penalty and neither will she. So he, did, I know, he turned on her. And her other son, that first one, Kent, yeah. said that that was probably worse than any sentence ever that he turned on her. Right. But his reasoning is to save her life. So it's not even like, I mean, right, Jesus. Right.
1: And his own, save his own ass too.
0: So he did end up confirming that they were trying to steal Irene's house. So on July 5th, he said after the housekeeper saw Irene outside of her office, maybe around 1130 a.m. or 1230 p.m., they attacked her with a stun gun and he strangled her. He stuffed her in a bag, loaded her in the trunk of the Lincoln Town car and threw her in a dumpster in Hoboken, New Jersey. So Kenny is...
1: And I'm assuming that this stuff went to the dump. So then maybe her remains yeah, were
0: destroyed. I'm sure they looked and looked and looked, but this is years later. Right. You're not. I mean, you're not gonna. F- you're not no. gonna find her. You no. might find other people, but you're not gonna find her. Um. So basically, Kenny is confessing to everything at this point. Singing like a canary. That's right. He confessed to killing that investment guy in the Bahamas. Oh yes. In 1996, he said that he and Sante drugged him drowned him in a bathtub, and dumped his body in the ocean. And Sante, of course, is denying everything. After his confessions, Kenny wrote in his journal, tattle tattletell, too bad you're going straight to hell. I am no longer the son who will do anything for his mother, but I'm still a murderer. Only now I get to live. I am the narc who escaped the needle, the piece of shit who doesn't get to walk the green mile. Just spent the last 10 minutes vomiting. I ratted my mom out. If I didn't, we would both go to death row. Now we get to live. I feel dead already. God have mercy on us. No one else will. Mm. So Sante, again, in this California trial, goes off the rails on being framed and whatever. But th- they ended up both being sentenced to life. And the judge told her that she was one of the most evil individuals.
1: Accurate. Mm-hmm. Very accurate. Both of them. Yeah. So, Sante was incarcerated at around 67 years old in New York in the Bedford Hill facility for 125 years. Her projected release date was March 3rd, 2119. She died, Yahoo, of natural causes on May 19th, 2014 at the prison at the age of 79. And Kenny is serving his sentence in California.
0: Right. I'm not sure how that went, that they know, got maybe. separated. In post-conviction interviews, Sante says that she met Irene in 1994 and that they were social friends. In 96, out of the blue, Irene reached out to her to help her sell her townhouse. Right, because she's a realtor now? Right. <laughs> and this is her, you know, Right. justification. Didn't, didn't
1: she say way before that she didn't even know who Irene was? Yeah. She's such a bullshitter.
0: So now Sante's... To help Irene out, she's offering to buy the townhouse from her, like, take it off her her hands. Right, right. She said that she had no other connection and that neither she nor Kenny rented a room from her.
1: It's on the video
0: cameras. I guess, though, he does avert his face the whole time.
1: Right. Mm
0: -hmm. But, like, what about all the crap she had in her car? Right. Right. She just happened to be in the wrong place at the right time. That's what she says all the time. So she claims that all the evidence was planted and that her biggest mistake was trusting the wrong people and believing in the wrong people.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. And does she ever explain her journal confession? How do you explain that? Temporary insanity? Yeah.
0: Creative writing. Creative writing. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Oh, my God.
0: I just want to read a bit from Kenny's post-conviction writings.
1: This nut bag. Alright.
0: This is his um kind of describing a bit more in detail um Irene's murder, and this is quotes, so it's in his own words, not my words. Okay. My hands are around Irene's neck, and I can feel the electricity pulsing through this tiny woman as I strangle the life out of her. I am terrified, but I keep my hands around her throat. I don't want to do this. I want to run. I want to jump on a plane and get as far away from New York City as I can, but I stay committed. Irene lays dead in my hands. She is so fragile. My mother directs me to put the body in a duffel bag. Her tone reminds me of how she spoke to me as a child. Kenny, get to bed. Kenny, brush your teeth. Kenny, put the body in the fucking duffel bag. I do as I am told, the obedient son, always.
1: Mm. He is just demented.
0: He screwed. Like, she screwed him up. Uh, uh,
1: Obviously. Apparently. Screwed him
0: up. Um, After the murder of Irene, and he's not even sure. He thinks this might be even while Irene is still in the trunk before they dumped her in Hoboken. He says, quote, we sit at a table drinking coffee and eating pastries. How fucked up is this? A woman was murdered by the same hands now wrapped around a cup of coffee. Oh, so finally, finally, he thinks it's fucked up. Well. I guess the separation from his mom is giving him some perspective here. Yeah, yeah. And then he, about the Bahamas guy, mm-hmm. which I feel bad doing that because I, I should have given him a name, but right now for, when I posted the picture of him, I did put his name. Okay. But to do continuity now and Syed is his first name. Okay. And then I don't think I could hack the rest of it anyway. But okay. when the Bahamas guy became suspicious of some shady accounts in the Bahamas, he had to go. That's what he said about that. And when David Kasdan figured out an arson con, mom sent me to kill him. And then there was Irene, whose only crime was to exist as a person my mother could never be. She had to go too.
1: Well, he's actually um very uh, uh profound there. Yeah, he's
0: not um dumb. If he was raised by somebody else, he would have been a different person. Which is what Kent... Ends up saying later, and I don't think I have you saying this, but he basically says it could have as easily been me right? if I had stayed with her. Right. But before I finish up my part and you take us to the end, mm-hmm. I just want to tell you one little thing that I found in her jailhouse letters to Kenny, Sante would address them to, Kenny, my soulmate son, my honey bunny. I know you'd like that. Ooh.
1: Things that make you go, So there is one semi-forgotten player, and this is Sante's first son, who we just referred to, Kent. Because in my mind the whole time I'm saying, where the heck, what happened to her other son? Right. So during the New York trial, he says that when he visited his brother, Kenny, in jail, that Kenny confessed to him. He thought that he was going to be called as a witness in New York, but his attorney told him to plead the fifth, basically. Right. Then he was going to be a witness to kind of show that his brother was brainwashed by his mother in the California case. But then Kenny pled guilty so he didn't have to. In an interview with the LA Times, he told of a recurring dream that he had, which is very interesting here. I go into the courtroom and I walk up to the witness stand. There are cameras all over the place. My brother Kenny is staring at me like he hates me. My mom has got her back turned to me. She's heaving. I can't tell whether she's laughing or crying. I start talking, but I don't even know what I'm talking about. Everyone is looking at me. They're saying, What are you doing? Trying to defend your brother? Then my mom turns around. She starts calling me a traitor. She gets a knife, and she starts stabbing me in the gut.
0: Can you imagine? That's
1: nice. That's the way you speak about your mother. Having those. Well, the other thing, too, that... Had Kent known what was going on earlier, Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if they would have done away with him,
0: you know? Oh, Mm. maybe, probably, right? I, I, I don't know. I don't feel like besides Kenny, she didn't really have any allegiance to anybody.
1: No, she was a monster, a complete monster
0: who was as lovely as anything if you interacted with her like anyone that interacted with her said she always wanted to be like the one in charge like she knew everybody and oh hello this one and hello that one and oh excuse me I have to go get a phone call and I'm so important yeah but no Um, none of this like diabolical murdering
1: that's probably why she was able to get away with it for so long.
0: Right. And I mean, she physically didn't kill anybody that we know of.
1: No, which is like the ultimate. It's it's like a Charles Manson thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You get everybody else to do your dirty work for you. But right. you have this control over them. And some people wised up. But by the time they wised up, it was too late. And she did them in. Crazy. She's a... She's, yeah, I mean, there's no other way to describe her. She's no. just a complete narcissistic,
0: soci- sociopathic... Sociopath. Sociopath. I hate to say that I feel a little bit bad for Kenny, but I do, a little bit. I feel
1: bad for Kenny because of the way that she, you know, treated him. But at the same time, y- you're an adult now.
0: He was a young adult at this point, And I guess, though, I mean... Whatever. He's guilty. He's in jail for the rest of his life. But to be brainwashed your whole life? Yeah. I feel like he didn't have a chance.
1: No. No. Uh,
0: so that's it. That's the conclusion of the three-parter on Sante Kimes. I thought it was interesting. Confusing. Hard to follow. but You know, I, I thought it was going to be harder to follow. Mm-hmm. But hopefully... You know, we
1: did it justice mm-hmm. by you know the summaries and constantly summarizing and right, you know, taking it slowly and dividing it into three parts. I think if we did it in one, it would have been like uh,
0: too much. Too much. Uh, I have an interesting one coming up that I'm going to actually pull Chris in for. Okay. Um, it's going to be a, hi Chris, a New York City cop one. Mm. So he's going to help out with that one. And um when's our article coming out this week we have an article coming out this week i will post it on facebook and instagram and stuff if it's complimentary if it's not (laughs) i'm not going to do anything about it do you want to shout out our merchandise buyers
1: we did have two people
0: one person by two hats
1: one person bought two hats shannon shannon okay thank you shannon
0: just to reiterate that everything, all the prices of everything on the website is now ten dollars. So just go buy a t-shirt, a hat. It's not going to stay ten forever. For a limited time only. Limited time only. Prices were Wait, all slashed. more, Allison slashing prices. Don't These miss, miss the prices sale. are
1: insane,
0: crazy Eddie. Ninety percent of the people that are listening have no idea what you're doing that's it we'll be back and thanks ed for this uh case suggestion mm-hmm. do let me know if we missed anything and that's it mary you want to sing us out the yes. new york